Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 76. In this episode, we are going to be discussing how newspapers are more than just obituaries. But before we get started into that... Do we have wine, Penny? We do have wine. And since I'm heading up to North Carolina in just a bit, I thought I'd talk about one of my favorite wineries up there, which is Burnt Shirt Vineyards. And their wine that I'm going to talk about today is Lake Lure White. Lake Lure is the big lake that's up there. Isn't that where they filmed Dirty Dancing, too? It is. Yep. That's what I thought. Look at that. I know. This wine exudes melon and lemongrass on the palate. Its minerality is tamed slightly by some neutral oak barrel storage. Enjoy on a boat, on a dock, or wherever you like to sip a crisp, refreshing white wine. And that is the description from Burnt Shirt's website. And I'm sure you're going to be bringing me a bottle when you return, aren't you? So that I may try some as well. certainly can. All right. Of course. You're on the record. I am. Okay. Awesome. Today's episode is sponsored by newspapers.com. Break down genealogy brick walls with a subscription to the largest online newspaper archive. Did your ancestor disappear from vital records? Maybe they moved or got married. Newspapers.com can help you find them and tell their story. Or have you ever had trouble figuring out how people tie into your family tree? Newspapers are filled with birth notices, marriage announcements, and obituaries. Items like these are a great resource for determining family relationships. On Newspapers.com, you can explore more than 800 million newspaper pages from across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and beyond in just seconds. Their easy-to-use search feature lets you filter your results by date, location, a specific paper, and more. When you find something interesting, the newspapers.com clipping tool makes it a snap to share it with friends and family. You can even save it directly to your ancestry tree. For listeners of this podcast, newspapers.com is offering new subscribers 20% off a Publisher Extra subscription so you can start exploring today. Just use the code happy hour at checkout. All right. Well, it is very appropriate that newspapers.com is sponsoring this podcast today because we're going to be talking about using newspapers to um, find some additional information and maybe um, break through um, a little bit on um, brick walls that you may have. Um, This has worked for me a couple of times. And uh, I know, Penny, you've got uh, an example, too, of um, using newspapers and not just looking for obituaries. So many years ago, uh, a client contacted me because he wanted me to research his grandparents' biological father and family. Now, this is before we had online newspapers. So um, I was going to have to go down to the library to do this. Um, But... All he knew was that his grandparent had been raised by and used their stepfather's surname, but they had been told that their biological father died in Tampa when they were about two years old, and the the parents were never married. 
Uh, the only information the client could give me was the surname of his uh, great-grandfather and that his um, grandparent remembered seeing a newspaper article with a full-length photo of their father. They wanted to find that photo and then discover more about um, who their father was and their paternal biological family. So all I had to go on initially to start my research was a rather common surname, location of death, which was here in Tampa, uh, approximate date of the event, and a description of a newspaper photo. Um, so I had to um, go down to the um, Hillsborough Tampa Genealogical Library at the time where they have local newspapers on microfilm and uh, basically roll up my sleeves and have a kind of a good guess on where to start based on the age of the informant and the age um, at the time that they were um, supposedly this death occurred. So, so uh, unlike, unlike it, now, you had to go through all the rolls of microphone. Correct. Yes. So I, I went with the assumption that this was uh, this death. It was not an obituary, but it was a photograph of someone and um, I was thinking it was going to be front page or in the first couple pages of the newspaper. And indeed, I did find it after hours and hours of searching. I found um, a photograph on the front page. It had um, the right surname and it had the, the full length photo, um, similar to the description of what I was given. So, um, the not only was there this one article that they had described to me, but there was actually a whole series of uh, articles uh, for um, that were published throughout the entire month. I mean, excuse me, throughout the entire week, because the first article with the photograph discussed um, his mysterious death, and there was going to be a police probe. Oh, Amy, is this going to be a murder mystery? It is a murder mystery. <laughs> it is. Um, there were uh, then, you know, the next day, two men were suspected. Um, that I guess they had had words or they had had um, a disagreement with um, the, um, the, the dead man. Um, and they were, in fact, then arrested. But then they were later released. Finally, towards the end of the week, um, there was an inquest. There was a report in the newspaper uh, about what was going on in the inquest. And it was determined that the cause of death was suicide by poison. Now, I am highly skeptical that this uh, was suicide um, because the description of the injuries they would be more consistent with this this person being held and having um, liquid poison forced down their mouth, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, it was a little, it was a gruesome. Um, and he had had a disagreement with these two guys. You know, I just don't see anybody, I don't know, drinking something caustic. And you said that the body was found in a field. He was found in a field. Yep, he was found in a field, and that's when the that's when the investigation started. And he had clearly, I think, from the looks of it, he'd been he'd been found right away. Um, 
and he definitely looked like he had poison coming out of his mouth. So, so who goes I to a field and correct I mean, exactly? Yeah, in the <laughs> middle, right? In a middle of an empty field, you're going to commit suicide. I don't know. Um, so it's, it was disturbing to read day after day. I mean, the poor young man, he was um, only in his 20s when he died. Mm. But the series of um, articles about the, the murder, then suicide, the inquest, gave me a lot of genealogical information about the family and about him. So starting with, I had his full name and I had his approximate age now. It also said where he was going to be interred. So I knew at the, cemetery, the cemetery um, where he should be um, buried. And then it gave the names of the witnesses that came um, forward to, um, to um, speak at the inquest. Uh, one was his mother. And, oh, excuse me, one was the mother of the child. So the grandmother's mother, um, the person that he had uh, my client's um, grandparent let me say let me say it this way so my client's um grandparents mother was one of the um witnesses and she was using her um married her surname which was the name of the stepfather that the grandparent was using so i knew that that was the, this was the right family does that make sense Certainly not, but <laughs> again, I'm the type of genealogist that needs a wall chart. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm sorry. I can see it. So other family names that they gave me were included um, in this, um, uh, in, in the newspaper articles. Um, and then it gave me a list of survivors, um, although it did not mention that uh, he had any children, but it did list his mother and his siblings. So now I knew not only who um, the client's um, great-grandfather was, but I also knew who his parents were and his siblings. Um, so I was, of course, able to provide the client with all of these newspaper articles, but then I was also able, based on reading these articles, to, find, to go to the cemetery. I actually found he had a headstone uh, I took a picture of the headstone. I took a picture of the other family members who were buried in that plot, um, including his mother and including, um, I think, a half um, a half sibling, at least I remember, was buried there. And then I was able, of course, to then create a family tree and start doing further research on that paternal family who were um, from Florida, from the northern part of Florida. So now, in preparing this episode, I went and took the initial information that I had been given many, many years ago, and I went into newspapers.com, and I was actually able to locate um, these articles in um, less than an hour, rather than the hours and hours and hours of going through all the microfilm. So um, it's wonderful that we now have these online um, um, image uh, newspapers that are indexed. Yes, 100%. Um, curiously, there was no formal obituary for the man, and when I sent off, I requested a copy of his death certificate with the state, um, with the state of Florida, they came back not being able to find a death certificate for him. 
which I thought was a little weird, considering that, uh, you know, he had, there had been an inquest and, you know, they had to do a lot to determine the cause of death. Um, yes, that's very yeah. strange. I was hoping that, you know, once I had the date of death, especially, and his full name, I would be able to then get, um, you know, the death certificate, but no such luck came back, not found. So, um, so I had to kind of use census records to, um, figure out, um, who his father was because his mother had remarried. I think she remarried probably a couple of times. So, um, you'll notice that I am not using the names, um, of, uh, for this discussion for a couple of reasons. Um, the client's grandparent, uh, was living at the time that I did the research and although um, they are now deceased um, I don't know how widely known their paternity is in the family and so that's really not my information to share um, publicly and as genealogists we do we must be conscious conscientious about privacy of everyone in our family everyone that we're researching um, you know we're so excited to find um, information especially in this day and age of DNA discoveries, um, but we have to be very careful that um, that information is not uh, made public unless we are given um, the um, permission by the individual to make that public. And even if those people are not no longer living, um, and normally, you know, deceased people don't have those privacy rights, you know, is it really uh, for us to put it out there to, to the world? Um, right. Yeah. 100%. So yeah. Um, there's another case that I was able to, uh, after years, break down um, the brick wall um, when I needed to identify the father of the research subject and his family. And I had been able to um, find uh, a marriage for the subject's parents in um, the New York marriage indexes. Um, and they said they had gotten married in a small town in upstate New York. And the groom's first name um, on that marriage record was Edward, and he had a common surname. And the bride's name was Elizabeth, and she also had, although she was using a nickname on that um, marriage, she also um, was using a common surname. And probably the nickname should have, in retrospect, given me a clue, but and I'll explain that in a minute. So I contacted the town in which the marriage had taken place and they could not find a copy of the 1940 marriage in their, um, in their records. Um, I even called twice hoping that I would get, I got a, a different clerk. Maybe they knew more about the older records because this was from 1940 and they just could not find it. So they suggested that I send my request to the New York state archives because they do ha also have copies of the marriages. So this, we love the New York so this was at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. So this was in early 2020. Three years later, I still have not received a reply from the New York State Archives regarding my request for the marriage record. So in the meantime, I, I knew that that was going to be slow in coming. Um, I started doing some research in online newspapers. I thought that, you know, the couple were actually based on um, other information I had about the mother she was from Long Island, um, and I really found it odd that they went to upstate New York to get married. So I was started searching in the Long Island newspapers um, online for about a five-year period, 
1938 to 1942, hoping that I would find either the marriage announcement, uh, an obituary for the husband, um, or a divorce announcement, just something. You know, I, I knew that they had a child several years after they had um, married. So um, I not only did I find out, so I, after looking, I, I found that um, they had actually, there was an engagement announcement that was published in 1941, three months after the marriage record that I had. So I don't know what happened. I can, I guess, only assume this might have been an elopement but that the parents probably didn't find out until after the fact and so they were kind of trying to quickly cover up the tracks exactly you know i I don't know um but with this engagement announcement i was able to find out that the groom's name was not edward but it was joseph edward and he used the name j edward most of his life and that i now had the names of his parents because I knew her parents already, and that this um, engagement announcement confirmed her parents' names. But I think, in retrospect, the fact that she used a nickname should have given me a clue that maybe he was also using, I don't know, not his full name on the marriage record. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, really, how would you know, though? Exactly. I would not have known. Until you, yeah. until you saw that, right? So, um, and the couple did divorce, and we did. I did get a copy of the divorce record, and it in fact cited that 1940 upstate New York marriage date and location in the divorce record. Um, so there, there was. I don't think there was another second wedding in in Long Island, um, but that was another uh, another example of using the online um, newspaper. Um, records to break through a brick wall that I had been uh, there for a long time and I knew I couldn't get I mean that was the only piece that that marriage was the only thing I had to go on to find anything about um, this couple because they were never enumerated in uh, together in any um, any census Mm -hmm. right they they divorced between they got married and then they got divorced between the 1940 and the 1950 census so yeah I always hate when that happens. <laughs> yes. And I, I think um, your example of the engagement is, is really good because there's so many other places in a newspaper where you can find your ancestors, the, you know, if they were selling property or if there are legal notices, um, they might be listed. Um, yes, those are good, good things to yeah, look for as well. And the social just social stuff. I know my great grandmother is listed several times when she's very, pretty young. I mean, in 1904, she's 11 and she is in, um, uh, listed as the high school in a high school program as having a solo. I was like, that's pretty cool. And then a year later, she is visiting relatives in that same town that she was in high school in before. So, uh, clearly that was when they moved to the next town over, she and her parents. Um, and then in 1906, she's once again visiting her original town where she was in high school at, visiting a friend. And then I don't see her again until, um, 
1933, where she's married and listed in several notices uh, for attending the Pythian Sisters Temple Meetings. And I had, of course, look up what, what, right. what are the Pythian Sisters. <laughs> what are they? Um, so it's a, fraternal, it's a fraternal order with members throughout the U.S. and Canada. And they, at that time, I think before 1964, in order to be part of this sisterhood, they had to be either a wife, a sister, a mother, daughter of someone who is a Pythian knight. So I don't know if that was her father mm -hmm. or her husband. Right. I, I don't know. But in her obituary, it did say that she was uh, a member of the Rebecca Lodge her entire life. And uh, I'm thinking that Rebecca Lodge is the name of the lodge of this Pythian sister group that she was in. Right, so. right. Right. So that was pretty neat, but there's a big um, missing area between this 1906, when I last saw her as a young child, to 1933, and she, I know she's living in that same area, mm -hmm. and there is a, another hometown newspaper, and I'm sure some of you have run into this as well, um, a small newspaper that is not digitized, that is still just on microfilm and trying to, you know, find anything in that you have to go to the location or if you have an exact date, um, uh, might find a librarian or archivist who can help you. And I did reach out to somebody in the town that I know this newspaper is, where they do have the, the microfilm of all the back copies since 1890-something. Um and gave some dates that I knew some were, I shouldn't say that I knew something happened, I bet I thought something happened. And I didn't want to, you know, up, you know, load too much on them. I just gave them two or three dates and um, none of those panned out. So I'm going to have to bribe a relative, I think, to go over to <laughs> this library and spend a day searching the archives. As much as, yeah, as much as the online newspapers are a huge help, there are some little ones that just, you know, it, it's expensive to digitize them all. It and is. There's a it lot is. of getting a copyright and all that sort of thing. So it, it's, it yes. can be complicated, but. And I'm so grateful for the ones that are, because you yes. really can find some nuggets in there that will help you right. progress. Right. Yep. Yes. And even sometimes the, the, the other newspapers, not the local one, but a larger newspaper might pick up the story if it's interesting enough, you know, so you might not, you may be able to find it in a larger newspaper too. Yeah. Yeah. The ones where I found her, even those little social ones mm -hmm. were not her little hometown newspaper. It was another newspaper, but that newspaper didn't have anything else between those years. So right. yeah, I don't know what the mystery was there. Yeah. I, yeah. I did another search for, um, I was, I knew that this man died and I knew where he was living when he died, but I could not find a probate for him in that County. And I was able to look in the newspapers and find a publication for the probate, his administrator had published it in the newspaper saying that they were probating his estate and it was in the next county, one of the next counties over. Oh, so yeah. that was great nice. that I was able to. Mm -hmm. And that was, again, it was another one where the guy died. There should be a death certificate. I think it was 1905 in Indiana, but um, no death certificate for him either. So that was my only proof of his date of death was yeah. through that probate record. So, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, you can find some good stuff in, in uh, newspapers. Yep, and researching is not just the names, um, but searching for the events, um, searching the pages for through multiple editions of the newspaper. Um, sometimes you do have to go page by page. Um, but, and you know, sometimes the, the optical readers aren't always accurate, especially if the person's name is cut off and, it, and their, half their name is in two different columns, you know, their, their name's split in two different columns. So it's like you said, you know, if you know the proximate date of the events, it, it does pay off to go forward and back looking in the newspaper. It does. Page by um, page. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to say that I have a quick little book review to do. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I um, was sent uh, a copy of Anne Hansen's Buried Secrets, which I read in one night. It was really good. Um, so her story is about her researching the mysterious past of her grandparents because they would not would not talk about it or share um anything about their past. So whenever asked about his family, Frank, Anne's grandfather, just wouldn't talk about it. And when Ida, his wife, was alive, they were interviewed by a family member one time and shared all sorts of information, which seemed very odd to everyone. Like, they would never talk about it. Why would they share all this information about who their parents were, where they met, you know, their, their whole whole life. But later on, when research was done with this information, none of it could be proved. None of it seemed to pan out. And Anne spends decades researching through the use of some photographs left to her father, which she shares in the book, and good old-fashioned on-site digging and interviewing to finally get to the real story. Um, like I said, I read her book in one night, and it, it kind of made me tear up at the end. It had a, a, a good resolution. And she uses a lot of fictional vignettes of her grandparents' past, which really bring the characters to life. So unlike my stories, <laughs> this one is resolved. And um, it introduces you to so many characters and family uh, stories. So if you like a good genealogical mystery, you will really enjoy Buried Secrets. And we have a link to it on our website. I'm excited. So, I can hardly wait to. I can hardly wait to read it because I, I don't like unsolved mysteries. I like to solve them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm the queen of unsolved you mysteries. Are, you are. <laughs> but we're gonna solve it. We're gonna solve it. We will. You will. All right. Okay. So don't forget newspapers.com. Twenty percent off on a premium subscription. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.